Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Already His Workmanship podcast. Uh, today, I have Logan with me. Say hi, hi, Logan. Hi, everybody. It's good to be with you again. And then we have a special guest on today, my dear friend, Del. Del, why don't you go ahead and introduce everybody to you? Hey, everyone. My name is Del Gunter, and uh, happy to be here today. Um, I think um, I'm excited to hear to share uh, the path I'm on, um, as far as spirituality and where I was, uh, where I am and, and where I'm going. Um, so thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah. So, um, Del, like everybody else has kind of heard from Logan and I for the past few weeks and got introduced to us. Would, would you go ahead and just, I'm like, I don't know, just give a brief overview of kind of your experience, right? Like, you know, the, I remember the day I first met you, you know, when I was sober and we met at a bar because we were doing stuff for work and I was drinking a lemonade. And uh, do you remember what you told me that first time? <laughs> the uh, the fact that I do not trust people who do not drink and uh, how I told you what an atheist I was and uh, along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I responded back, well, I drink lemonade because if I drink alcohol, I do really stupid stuff. Yeah. And your question back to me is like, what do you mean stupid stuff? I'm like, I wake up in a different state. And yeah. you went through like, what do you mean a different state of existence? I'm like, no, no. Like I start drinking in one physical state of the United States and I end up in another one, not knowing how I got there. Yeah. Right. And uh like right then you're like okay i can trust this guy right and we kind yeah. of started developing a friendship over time and then yeah years later i find out that the reason why i got moved to california was because dell turned down the job that hired me uh, to come to california and i was like oh well there's there's god working in my life like i really came out just to have a relationship with dell all these yeah. other wonderful things happened but that's really why so yeah yeah over to you yeah, it was good. I mean, I know uh, even slightly prior to that, too, in 2006, I had joined a company and I would come in and my peer and I would say, uh, tell them what I did all weekend. And it would be out at night, closing down bars, doing stupid stuff. And I'd say, what did you do? And he said, I played board games with my family. Right. And that was my first introduction to, hey, I really admire the way this guy lives. And then years later, being more lost um, at a bar, it was as if uh, I turned down a job and you moved down there and we down to California and we, we meet at a bar and things just keep falling in place to, to wake me up. Right. So, um, you know, as, as we've talked about, I was hardcore atheist. I, will have a degree in molecular biology and I used my scientific indoctrination to try to actually make fun of Christians and say, prove it, prove it, prove it. And I was thinking about that last night. I was Mr. Prove It guy using complex acronyms that if you didn't have a scientific background, you wouldn't be able to know. And so I would use that and uh, prove it, prove it. And if someone was to say, hey, Dell, why have you changed uh, prove it. I would, I just would shrug my shoulders and say, you know, there's things in my life that are just undeniable, 
undeniable forces acting within my life. The people who have been planted in my life are, they're all Christians, they're all believers. And um, when you're, you know, when you hit hard times in your life, um, the atheists aren't there to help you out. I, you know, they're not there. And every single person that has guided me along the path to such a better life, if you've would have known me then and now it's a different person and it's just in i'm surrounded by christians i'm surrounded by angels and uh there are undeniable forces acting in my life yeah one of the most interesting things you've ever told me actually one of the most meaningful things you ever told me um were the stories around how like something terrible was happening in your life and you would get stuck in a car with two christian guys right or two of your Christian friends showed up and took you to rehab or this really showed you love. Right. So, um, I don't know, to me, that's just such a miracle in life. And, um, why I wanted you to be on today's podcast is today we're talking about there is a God and he cares for us and has the ability to help us through our lives, um, and help us through the darkest things. So, um but first we have to answer questions from last week so um so questions from last week uh are let's see here what were they they were um where are you trying to find hope is the first one yes so where are you trying to find hope so where am i trying to find hope at today like and I only place I can find hope is in Jesus. If I do anything else, I get miserable super, super fast. I get restless, irritable, and discontent. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was trying to do stuff that wasn't Jesus. So um, what about you, Logan? Well, I mean, on the good days, I would I would be with you on the on where are you trying to find hope? Because, you know, that that's where hope is found. Um, I always tell people that the 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 sort of that journey between being in your brain and being in your heart, like actually truly believing something rather than having a mental ascent to something is like the longest, you know, foot long or 14 inch journey in, in the world. Um, so there are many days where I, I fall back into trying to find hope in the improvement of my life or working to try to improve the lives of other people around me through my own efforts which generally leads to hopelessness and frustration and anger. And then I fall back into finding hope in the only place that it can actually reliably be found. And that's in Christ. So, yeah, I'm really lucky right now. My job, I don't have the existential dread I used to have as a salesperson. So uh, I get to work with super close friends that are essentially my, um, you know, small group every day. And so I, I get back to that a lot quicker than I did when I was a salesperson out in the world that I always try to do everything on my own. I would place my well-being and hope into making the next deal all the time. So what about you, Dell? I think I sent you the wrong questions last night, but uh, where do you get your hope from right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, since I'm advancing and, and trying to advance and, and grow spiritually, um, it's it's really hard for when when you've invested so much time into disbelief um and then you 
take the spiritual journey. Um, as far as hope, I, every it's hard to confess and admit and things for me, but every single morning I, I start off with inspirational God videos and a podcast that I listen to that gets me going in the right direction to understand that, you know, things are going to be out there. They're going to happen. Good things, bad things. And quite frankly, none of it matters, right? I just need to release control of, of what everybody's doing and what everybody's um, around me is doing and just focus on one thing that there is a plan for me. I always say, uh, it's almost like I'm on this carpet ride. And um, so as long as I start my day in the right way, it, it gives me hope. So when I turn on a news flash or whatever it is that I don't like that's happening, it, I just realize it doesn't matter. So I just, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a pun, but um, I, I hope I can release control and just, just stick with the plan and increase my spirituality. That's awesome. Actually, I think I need to do that more because uh, <laughs> I get up and go lots of times and don't, don't pause to, uh pray and then sometime later in the morning i realize i'm restless irritable and discontent and then i get going in the right direction but yeah um the next one is the interesting thing uh um what do you believe about god's characteristics um this really comes down for me from this experience i had early on in my recovery where my sponsor sat me down and said God's characteristics are not, you know, your God's characteristics, your heavenly father's characteristics are not your earthly father's character. And so that took a long journey to start actually thinking about that. Right. And, um, just figuring that out, what I believe about God's characteristics. Um, and now I've come to a belief that God only blesses, um, he only encourages, he only builds me up. He only develops my character. Um, and even situations that seem like they would be not a blessing, he turns them into a blessing by his power. So that's, that's kind of the way I see God now after walking with him for a long time. And I'm sure I'm still incredibly incomplete in my view of God's characteristics, but um, where I used to view God as the great cop in the sky that was just waiting to bust me to doing something wrong. Right. That's kind of the way I used to think of him. Um, what about you, Logan? Um, you know, this is this, I mean, this question kind of touches on one of the, one of the biggest, probably the, the biggest revelations that I had in, in my walk, you know, I mean, for most people who are listening to this, um, you know, we haven't really talked about our childhoods or anything like that. Um, but for me, um, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in a, you know, a pretty traditional home and my, my dad was around and he, you know, he, my dad's a good guy. Um, I think all of us as parents are imperfect um, and we do an imperfect job because we live in an imperfect world and we're you know, at different levels of preparation for even taking on the role of father. Um, but because my dad was really, really hardworking, almost to a fault. Um, and so he was always working on something probably for the, you know, 
for the betterment of our family or, you know, try to make ends meet. We didn't really grow up with a lot of money or anything like that, but he was, he was constantly working. I remember he's either at work or he was coming home and he was working around the house trying to improve stuff or he was restoring a car or who knows. And so I sort of grew up with this concept that God was somebody who cared about me and, you know, with this, that modeling of our father to, you know, we, that we put on top of God, our father, but that he was kind of busy doing other stuff <clears throat> and, you know, kind of, I needed to make my own way. He was there, but, but he wasn't really involved. And then I, when I had my own children and I, I think when I, when I held my son, Levi, who was my first, and I was in the, you know, we had our, we've had all of our kids at home because we're weird and crunchy. Um, and so I caught him and when I was holding him, I looked down at him and I realized like when I was looking at him that I would give my life in that instant without even thinking for a second, if it would, if it would, you know, do anything for this child. And for me, that dispelled this belief that I was holding that God was there, but uninterested. Um, and it was like, if this is how I feel for my son and he has done nothing but cry and poop and throw up on me and pee like once in my mouth when I was changing his diaper, you know, I'm a great aim, right? <laughs> you know, if this is the way I feel and this is a shadow, this is a imperfect, I'm sinful, I'm self-centered and selfish all the time. If this is how I feel for my, for my son, like how much more does, does my heavenly father want to be involved in my life? And so I think that was, that was a changing uh, point there. And so I, I would say that his characteristic that I most try to remind myself about, and that was the most impactful for me is just his level of interest in who I am in life. You know, he, that idea of intimacy and that feels gross for men to say intimacy, but that he wants to live life with me and he wants to walk with me is something about his character. He's interested in his children um, is something that, that I, that I constantly remind myself about and is very impactful for me. How about you, Del? Uh, we haven't talked about this probably for a good six or nine months about what your conception of God is. And uh, I'd love to hear kind of where you're at right now in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's good. I, you know, we kind of mentioned before um, the undeniable forces, right? It's uh, I get these obsessive thoughts because I want to control everything. And, um, you know, we, we mentioned, um, you know, getting in a car with two Christians and, you know, I'm just getting into sobriety and I just like, I just don't know if this is going to work. And, maybe uh, my marriage isn't going to work, et cetera. And, you know, it was almost as if they wanted to screech their tires on the freeway. And I've never had in-depth conversation with, with these guys before. And um, really they helped me just see the light. So via God and the angels that I've been surrounded on by um, also, you know, um, down in the dumps, um, about to nearly lose everything, family, everything. And sure it is, you know, two Christians, uh, take me to rehab to change my life. Um, and that was the second one. And the second time I went to rehab, I was, uh, I said, you know what, when we do these prayers, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word. I'm, I'm going to say God in the prayers and I'm going to do these things. And, um, so when I look at all of those forces and then meeting you, Todd, meeting Logan, and then you step back 
and you say, okay, who are my friends? Who do I have in-depth conversations with? Hmm, they're all people of God, right? They're all people that are helping me along this journey um, to the path that is truly bettering my life, right? And, and I know this because I see it. And the curiosity is funny because when you once were there, the evolution atheist guy and now i'm where i'm at everybody is curious what changed what why why are you down this path and i don't have the best answer there other than as long as i keep pursuing this my life is better i'm not doing stupid things i'm a way better dad i'm present for everything and there's just no way that I could turn back to the way I was. So those are, you know, the, those are the thoughts having just, you know, had the question just now pop up. Those are a lot of the thoughts on my mind right now. Yeah. I think the most revealing thing to me about your journey is like simple things like texts I've received from you that said with evil like this in the world, there has to be a God. Right. And yeah. Um, <laughs> right? yeah, you know, because when you, you know, it's funny because when you don't, when it's not God, it's always uh, Buddhism, yin yang. There's um, the world is always going for a, a homeostasis and there's always got to be balance in nature. And if you believe that and then you see so much evil, it's, you know, it is a statement that I use all the time. I see evil. I'm like, ha just more proof there's God, right? Then, and, and that's just what you see, that whole yin-yang and the, the balance and, you know, the constant striving for homeostasis in the world is just, so yeah, I see it every day. And, and I think I call you and I tell you, like, Todd, all I see today is evil, right? And it's, well, great, you know, grab your shield, put on your, your army of men and go battle, right? Because that's what, every day we're battling that evil. Yeah. Um, and, and I think when you've like struggled with me or like, you know, I don't know about all this Jesus stuff. I've just always responded back. I'm like, I know he has you on a spiritual journey and I totally trust whatever it is because I've seen the change in you. And so then my experience is that God is the only thing that brings about that level of change in people's life. So I have faith that he's just going to keep on changing your life. Right. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to see it continue to happen. Every time I talk to you, I can see the difference. So. I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I'm just to interject here. I mean that. I mean, we yeah. um, your 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 journey to faith was was something that you know it's like God ordained that you had these people in your life, and and they through not you know beating you over the head with the Bible or you know leaving a tract on your, you know, to take or to bring you to a Billy Graham crusade or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, these are not the, these were not the steps toward bringing you to a place where not arguing you out of, out of atheism, but right. just being connected to you, being there for you and, and really just being and that, that idea of like salt and light where it's, you know, where you just, you, you put yourself in a position where you can live life with people. I mean, if we look at the, we look at what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus literally, he had these guys around him, these 12 guys that he lived life with. They did all kinds of stuff together. They, you know, they traveled together. They, they ate together. And it was only at certain times did they, did he, I mean, he didn't, 
start off by going, by the way, I'm the Messiah and I'm going to train you. And we're entering a three-year-long discipleship program for which I will be your mentor. He was like, come, come with me and let's live life together. And he lived with them and through the example of his life and just being there, like that's what brought them to this place where they had this revelation of who he was. It's like, we forget that as Christians, like, it's like, oh man, we need to fight this war. We need to do this. We need to have these great arguments and, you know, nothing against apologetics and being prepared to defend the faith. But so many of the actual legitimate conversions that I've ever witnessed in my life are because people lived life with, with each other. And then you were there when something happened and it was an inflection point in someone's life. And you had you were there and like, Hey, I can pray with you or sit with you. And you've demonstrated love and care for them so that they'll actually listen to what you're saying. And so I think we, it's so much harder to do that. And it's long-term commitment that everyone like focuses on these quick fix, like, Oh yeah, no, but I want to do this. No, you just need to live life, have a legitimate conviction of who Jesus is and really love and care for the people around you. And then you'll have an opportunity. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a strategy that's easy to implement. It's like good sales, right? It's like, if you just told your boss, uh, what's your, what's your quarter plan for this year? Um, you know, I'm going to trust the Lord and he's going to bring stuff in and I'm going to, and I'm, and I'm just really going to, you know, I'm going to be responsive and I'm, and I'm going to really do the right thing. You'd be like, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so let's make up a bunch of stuff that I'm going to do to drive pipeline so that, uh, you know, I'm going to make it all up and it's, you know, it's not, none of it's going to work, but you'll be happy. And, and I'm really going to, as Todd and I have talked about before, I'm really just, that's actually my legitimate sales plan for this quarter, but yeah. <laughs> you know, no one would accept that. Yeah. That brings up an interesting point, Logan, too, because what I will tell you, um, you know, no one that I trust on this call was there beating me over the head with um, you need to do this. You need to do that. I would, the things that um, I used to admire and used to drive me nuts was, you know, stressful jobs, um, uh, sales, et cetera. And I had a coworker at Cisco and, you know, he was 37% of his number. And I'd be like, dude, what are you going to do? And he's like, you know, God has a plan. And I just remember wanting to bang my head against the wall because he's like, Hey man, you know, God's got a plan for me. And, you know, maybe I'm supposed to be at 37% for a reason. And I would say, you know, I'm, if I was at 37%, it would be two bottles of vodka, probably, you know, terrible things and yelling and screaming and abusing my family and, and things like that. So it was one of those things I just sat back and I was like, man, he's these, these Christians in there, God has a plan. And I was jealous and admiring at the same time, right? I, I wish that I had something in my life besides medicating my problems and I, and I didn't, right? And so uh, that was the, you know, that's that's the thought that resonated when you, when you tell that story. It's just that, that frustrating part. And no one ever beat me over the head. Everyone was more like the people that I entrusted and had these conversations because I can't tell you how hard and how deep my cognitive did it was at the time, right? It was, and you know, I had so much invested in my way of thought that it's just, you know, being wrong, you know, and not, it, it was just such a challenge to, with everything I invested, it was just such a challenge to admit and open and go, hey, maybe there is more out there. And then once you start it, it really starts kicking in. And once you're around, the people, the Christians, and and once you're around other people that are striving for the spiritual awareness, um, 
you feel a love from these people that you don't feel uh, other in, in a, any other way. I mean, so, I mean, a perfect example, I told my wife the one time, I forget who it was, someone needed help moving. And it was one text and there was like 12 dudes and I'm 6'2", 210. And I was literally the smallest guy there, right? And we were all, we were all moving and it was like, you know, a Christian send out a message for help and look at everyone you have. And, and so I know I'm um, going round and round there, but uh, that's just what made me, you know, wanted to share those things right there is no one beat me over the head. Todd never said, you got to do this. You got to do that. They sat back and said, Hey, there's a plan for you. And, and maybe I'm one of those people that needed to get to the dark place to get to the bright place. And, you know, um, we all go along our path differently. So that's good. It was um, really unique, right? A unique challenge that I prayed a lot about, right? Like, because um, I was like, well, Dell wants what I have. Uh, but I only have what I have because I rely on Jesus. So I have to tell him the truth about Jesus without being like a creep about it, right? And so you would ask questions like, Todd, how do you handle this situation? Well, I'm like, well... First, I pray, and then I turn everything over to God, and then miraculously, he gives me a solution that I wouldn't have come up with myself, and that's how I get through it, and um, I don't know how that landed with you, Del, right? I know it landed well, because you're still talking to me after all these years, <laughs> but, uh, but it was like that, right? Like, um, even the years like when you're out still, and you would call me and ask for help. I would be like, I don't know, because like this is this is what works for me, right? And it wouldn't be like a. I hope I never beat you over the head too hard with it, but I definitely like was honest at the same time, right? Which was tricky. There was it wasn't easy to do that. Like it was just God speaking through me and giving me words that were the right words, because certainly wasn't me doing it, right? So yeah. Yeah, I think also, um, I think when I reflect back and, you know, dealing with addiction and alcoholism and things, when when I did actually go to a church based, because you, you'd always say to come come to my come to the, you know, more of a church based AA. Um, and so when I did that, and I was able to see the path, and then as you know, if I showed pictures of me then and now you start to see the glow and uh, you know, even next to we have that rental house or the VRBO house down the road and next to it's next to a Christian college. And even my wife and I noticed that that all students rent the house next door and they have a glow of Christianity and spirituality that it sets them apart. And we know, and you can see it in their kids. You can see it in these people. They're, They've turned their problems to something else, to a higher spirit, a higher, higher spirituality. And you can see the glow and content in them. And um, so I, you know, I think those are some of the major things that kind of helped me guide when I'm like, hey, I just want to be like these people and love like these people and help others like these people as they are helping me. Yeah, that is, I think that's probably one of the most concise 
descriptions of a walk with Jesus I've ever heard. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, it's um, and it's still so really like, hard. So the secondary thing, and and like Dell, you're kind of on this journey of to faith. Um, that I see happening in churches and within people who have a concept of God is why would an infinitely strong God ever care for me? Right. And I can't answer that question because I don't know why he does. All I know is that he does actually care about the tiniest details of my life um, and wants to help me get through even the smallest obstacle and wants to support me through all of it. But that's a really hard concept. It's like I think it's actually harder to accept that God wants to help us through every little part of our lives than even believing that there is a God. Um, what do you think about that, Logan? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> kind of come, going back to what I was, you know, kind of sort of my struggle early on in my in my faith. It's you know, it's it's way. I mean, the the mental ascent that there is that there is, you know, a, a creator or there's a God is, is relatively simple and easy. I think, especially when you, when you view creation, you know, the, the Bible says that, you know, creation cries out about its creator. And so the, I think that's, that's really the easy part where you know, we look out and we see the things that God's created, or we look at the complexity of even, you know, people talk about single celled organisms and you look at the complexity of even a single celled organism. And it's, it's, it's apparent that there's there's some there's something there. It, it's easy, you know, not 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 easy, but but you, the you know to see the the you know the character of God behind that. But the it's an entirely different thing to 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 say He cares about me. It's very easy. It's very easy to to get caught up in God's bigness and think, you know, you know, we look we we think of things in human terms, and we go, you know, if I had you know six billion children, you know, would I be really involved with any of them? You know, I mean, you know, my you know my parents had two kids, and it, oftentimes I thought that they didn't even know if I was alive. But you know, we we foist kind of our own insecurities and our own inadequacies onto the person of God, and so yeah, absolutely, you know, to 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 feel that he's he cares about me and that he has a plan for me is an entirely, entirely different thing. Much, much harder to really believe that unless we look at our lives, you know, he demonstrates it, but we have to allow ourselves to see that, but our own insecurities always get in the way. Um, so I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, my, my, my thing is like, I'm just insecure. And I go, we're all insecure. I mean, that's not that's not just you you know and you know it's like well you know it's tough as a guy to admit you're insecure i'm like men are way more insecure than anybody else i mean like let's be honest you know like i'm way more insecure than my wife is i don't know <laughs> uh so anyway long answer to a short question but that, that i have the patent on that yeah <laughs> what about you Dell? like 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 that, that concept that God actually really cares for you. It sounded like you were talking about that earlier, but uh, do you have a thought on that one? I I just look at when I when I stop and look at that, I I, I always go back to who's been placed in my life, right? And how am I? How 
who's been placed in my life? Who do I pick up the phone and enjoy talking to? It really comes down to a lot of that. And, and I think when, when I talk about the believing in the two different reality or the cognitive dissonance and things like that, I mean, Logan brought up that whole just now with the single celled organism and everything and having the molecular biology background and doing all of that and um, scientific stuff. I mean, those were my basis, right? Oh, look at this cell engulfed this one. It allowed oxidative phosphorylation. And this is clearly the way that we evolved. And in my gut and in my heart, I knew that it took faith to believe in that, right? You have a parallel path of which, which way you want to go down, and both require faith, right? Why is it that I was able to have faith in one thing that really I never felt, really I never saw, I, it's just textbook stuff versus the other faith is like, these are real, real people in my life that I can trust, that I can love, I can share my feelings with instead of, you know, the other side of the house, right? So those are really the, that spirituality of, how I think God, and we've had moments where like, I, I don't know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing, but I've been in my car and I've just looked, things have occurred in my life where I've just looked at the sky and said, man, you just, I remember one point going, you just won't leave me alone, will you? You know? And um, it just, it's just really hard when you've invested so much time to say, I, I know I'm going down the right path. I'm content with my contribution. I'm content with what I do every single morning. I think coming out and just admitting it to people, um, it's hard, but I know for a fact, I don't push it on anyone. I don't even really talk about it, but there's people that come to me and say, they know I'm living different uh, due to, you know, I don't go to bars. I don't drink. I don't do that. They know I'm different. And it's their curiosity of what led me to this path and what I'm doing. Um, and like I said, maybe that was my purpose. Maybe my purpose was to be in the dark place, to come out of the dark place. And then people see the changes. They want the changes. And then I can help them and, and give back. So I think uh, that was the uh, long answer to a short question as well. And I'm not crying. You're crying, Logan. <laughs> um i know that was uh that was really beautiful honestly that was um yeah kind of speechless after that actually which hardly ever happened well, for me. this is what this is you know this is the you know the you know one of the wonderful things about dell is dell is one of the most straightforward and honest people i've ever met even to the point where <laughs> I mean, we, we, we were at a, you know, just for the background, we, we had like a men's uh, coffee thing on, on Wednesday mornings. And to the point where like, I mean, he just will, you know, we'd be talking about stuff and, you know, just doing the normal Christian thing, you know, we're going around and these guys are talking about what's going on in their life. And like, we'd go get to Dell and he'd be like, I don't know if any, I don't believe any of that crap <laughs> or like, or, or, you know, what? Like you guys sound like you're, you know, like you have, you know, you guys sound crazy, you know, and just, yep. just very honest about it. But I think there's just something awesome about, um, you know, there's just some, something awesome about somebody who's come to a place where they've experienced the Lord, you know, just recently. And especially as analytical as you are Dell and able to communicate 
um, you know, the, sort of your analytical process. You know, it's, you know, they say, you know, I mean, or the Bible says that, you know, we need faith like a child, you know? And so I think that there's something really encouraging to be around somebody who has just come to the faith because they have that childlike wonder in their, in their eyes about it's something that maybe, you know, we have experienced a long time ago, but it's not as, it's not as, you know, as recent. And so we have to refresh ourselves to, to have that same thing, you know, to keep it fresh and in our, in our, in our eyes and look out there and drive around and, and talk to God. I mean, when's the last time I did that? Like, just talk to God and go, man, you're really after me today. Um, but it's a great, but it's a great reminder that, I mean, that's the kind of experience and the kind of, uh, you know, intimate, intimate relationship that we can have It's available to us, you know, do we avail ourselves of it? So that's a, I've always found you as a very inspirational person to be around Dell and just your, the way that you are processing this journey and then you're doing it in such a way that is very honest and straightforward, even with your struggles. So I think, yeah, I appreciate again, it's that. a blessing to be around you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I do. Re, I do remember um, Todd. Before we turn it back to you, I remember uh, being on the bed, and I remember bawling to my wife, just in tears. And I was crying because, and my words to her was, "I think there might be God," and I was bawling about it to her. And I just, because, you know, we have the same backgrounds and education and things like that. I mean, she's a lot smarter than me. It took her four years, took me six, but, um, I just remember when it just had hit me that, you know, I think there might be God and I need to share this with my wife. So that way she knows there might be books that aren't she's not used to seeing or, or things like that, but I will never forget exactly where I was. I know that it was about seven 38 in the morning. Cause I had looked at the clock and I just couldn't get over. It. I just needed to share that with her to say, Hey, I, I think there might be a God out there. And uh, it's a little emotional for me to even talk about right now. So. Now we've all had that interaction with god where there's a point where we're like oh right mine was my 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 biggest one for me was uh like i i admitted to my wife i had an addiction to pornography and i struggled with it and uh had relapsed looking at it and she caught me and it was october 4th uh, 2006 october 14th actually 2006 when I walked into a recovery room for the first time, and it was the first time I actually put Jesus as Lord in my life, turned my will over to him, not just my like belief in him, but I actually made him like in control of my life. Right. And my life changed after that. And I had like all this cognitive distance. I had to work out. Like I had so many cognitive things that were wrong and how I thought. And it took me years to get through all that. Uh, and so many thousands of steps and challenges and having God work through my character defects and all these things that were hard. Um, but now I have like this, like heaven on earth, right? I, I get to walk with friends I really love and care for, you know, and when things get hard, I have people to call and like Dell and Logan are some of the ones I call right off the bat because, you know, um, if I'm dealing with something really difficult that's in the world, I know that. Dell will always have a really great 
like the world is terrible. Why are you thinking about that Todd viewpoint that helps me get out of that? Uh, Logan's just been there through so much of my walk, especially when I was at work and had all this existential dread around it and didn't understand. And, and like, I couldn't be an integrated person. And he walked through that with me as well. And, you know, it's these miracles that happen in my life of the support and love that I've gotten from people that have just really radically transformed my life. And, um, yeah. And that's just keeps on anchoring my belief that there's a God who cares for me, um, because he speaks through me all the time, you know, like Logan talked about through nature and then through people, right. Cause I'll be praying about something and then I'll say something. And one of my friends will come back like Dell or Logan and say a different perspective that changes my viewpoint that helps me. So, um, it's really remarkable. So, um, yeah. It's great. So, um, I think this is I think, Todd, a good place. I, I think, Go ahead, I, think I was just going to add one other moment that I, I don't even think I've shared with you. And I don't know if you remember, but it was, uh, we were discussing and I'm like, I just have this problem with, uh, worship and how could I, you know, my ego is so big. Right. And so how could I possibly worship another being or species and and you looked me straight in the eyes and said you've been worshiping alcohol for how long and it just hit me like a brick right and i was like touche i had no you know mr come back to everything had nothing and so now as i hear these words i'm just like he's right man i'd sat there and worshiped bad things so we'd probably be okay to maybe worship some some good things that will change your life right so i just want to add that little tidbit in there as well there's so much to the journey yeah that is one thing that i've seen that's really universal in addicts is we understand worshiping stuff really 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 well because we we subjugated ourselves to the most depraved acts to make sure we got our addictions filled and God doesn't ask us to do any of that stuff. Right. He just asks us to take a load. That's like perfectly suited to us. And we don't have to deprave or demean ourselves to worship God. It's, I don't know. It's one of the most miraculous things in my life I've discovered. So, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've forgotten about that conversation. Um, yeah, it was that, that's a hard one. It's, you know, being wrong is really hard when you have a huge ego, I'll tell you. <laughs> if people saw my face right now, you'd see that like I'm uncomfortable because even though God asked me all the time to be like telling people like really, really, really direct truths, um, almost with not with brutality, but with enough directness that it lands um, afterwards. It always makes me feel super uncomfortable. So, <laughs> yep. um, I, I think this is probably a good place to stop and we can continue the conversation next week again of there's a God that passionately cares for you. Um, I don't know, Del, I'm going to invite you to come on again. You have a permanent invite to come on. 
yeah. this. I think it would be awesome to have you even next week, but we'll talk about that offline and yeah, uh, how sure. that will work into your life. But um, it was so special to have you on the day. It Absolutely. Was phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. On my um, end in closing, I just encourage that um, just anyone who is questioning or looking or searching, just be open because and search for something higher than yourself. I think that if you just start there and be open, it can be undeniable to you just like it became undeniable to me as long as you're open. I mean, those are really the kind of the closing things that I, I tell people when they're asking me those questions of what changed. It's like I allowed myself to be open and it became undeniable. That's it. That's so cool. Um, we we are built to worship, <clears throat> you know. That's we're created to worship, and so each one of us in our heart is seeking that thing to worship. And we we find things to worship, but they they don't satisfy like like when we're worshiping what we were created to worship. And so I, that that's awesome. It's beautiful that you know if we actually allow ourselves to seek with a true, truly seek with an open heart, we always find what we were designed to find. Um, and it's awesome for you to to share that so openly with with so many people um and, and that's that's fantastic what a what a wonderful gift so uh, for sure um let's see here um i'll share our questions for next week and then i'll ask logan to pray us out so um for questions for next week or what things you've been doing over and over again uh, repeatedly expecting to get a different result each time you do the action. Uh, mine is I expect to um, be able to drink a Mountain Dew and not gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll talk about that next week. And then um, what area, the other question is, uh, what areas of your life are you ready to release control of and hand over to God? So. Those oh my! Be... My favorite question there. Yeah, we love talking about releasing <laughs> control. That's just a wonderful thing. <laughs> All right. So, well, I'll go... take us out. Yeah, thanks, Logan. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for this time. Um, Lord, we just uh, we pray that uh, this that our words would be um, edifying to to those that hear them. Um, that uh, they would be a blessing and an encouragement uh, out there in the world. We just thank you so much that not only do you exist, but that you care deeply about each and every one of us. You have a plan for us um, and you want to be a personal, you want to be an intimate uh, father with us. Uh, we thank you so much that your example of, of fatherhood is perfect. Um, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>